This episode of Tech Kamasala is brought to you by GoDaddy.com. Enter the coupon code POD124 to get 10% off on all hosting plans. Go to GoDaddy.TheIndicast.com for more information. Hello and welcome to Tech Kamasala, a technology podcast from an Indian perspective. This is episode number 21 for the week of 19th July 2009. Office in the Clouds. I'm your host, Aditya, and along with me, I have Sakit. Hi, guys. Let's start with uh, what Facebook has been up to. So, Facebook has been using real user profile photos in their ads. Yeah, this is not much of a news story. This is something which we all of us have been seeing uh, when we go to the website. Now, Facebook tends to display pictures of your friends while advertising to you. So, I mean, you might, you might remember uh, seeing... Uh, small notices on the right hand, right, right hand side of the page saying that your friend uh, with their picture installed such and such application. So basically they're using the fact that your friend installed the, uh, a particular application to sell that application to you. Now what actually happened, this went one step further and what actually happened is uh, somebody uh, named Peter, he saw an advertisement for uh, hot singles in his area <laughs> and the picture used was actually a picture of his wife. I mean, she <laughs> is hot but she is not single. <laughs> Yeah, there is just one slight problem. I mean, they did a fantastic job with, you know, with the geography part of it, etc. And you know what? I think Facebook did a fantastic job because think about it, right? It was his wife. They matched him up with his wife. So the Facebook software is that good. They knew what he actually wanted. But think about it this way. If the guy was not uh, really savvy with computers, he might think that his wife was actually putting up a profile on these services. Yeah, exactly. So that's the downside of it. Or or not, even if it, it was not the guy himself, you know, the guy's friend or the guy's boss or, you know, it could be anybody. And then there could be some misunderstanding going around that this person is looking out for something, someone else. And then people started digging into their privacy policies. And apparently, users have agreed to this in the privacy policy that Facebook has. So, can, can you read that out for the users? Yeah. So, basically, it, Facebook says that it's all part of the acceptable use policy that all users have agreed to. And they occasionally pair advertisements with relevant ads and social actions from users' friends. This actually has been an area of concern. I mean, uh, in this particular scenario, Facebook says that a third-party application used the person's wife's picture and showed him this particular ad. And it was not within Facebook's TOS. It was somebody doing mischief. So Facebook has shut down two ad networks in this regard. But uh, this still remains an area of concern because, uh, I mean, I am exposed to Facebook application development. And using Facebook's application API, you can practically access pictures of a user's friends or uh, even personal information. So, for example, there is Facebook Connect, which you can use on your website, and anybody who is coming to your site can actually log in to, with his Facebook credentials, and then you can get access to his uh, uh, friend data. So, I mean, uh, it, is, it is all in good faith that you may not actually store that data, but what if you do? So, it is definitely a privacy area. Yeah, but the, the, the interesting thing is that you can, uh, you can just, with a single click, you can get a opt out of this, out of this by just going into the privacy settings. And there are options for news feed and wall. And there is another option called Facebook. You can just say uh, there is this checkbox against appearance in Facebook ads. If you just click uh, saying no one can view your appearance in an ad, just click that button and you'll be taken out. 
but it's it's surprising that you know why why would any company want their user photos to be in advertisements uh, facebook I mean, says that this makes advertisements more effective if i go online and if i see that okay this bright new facebook application has come which uh, promises something uh, i may or may not install it but if i see it along with the friends picture saying that okay this guy has also installed it so uh, that that basically removes a barrier and makes it more interesting so uh, but i think uh, in this single case it is crossing the line yeah exactly see if i am okay if uh, they put out a nokia ad saying that saket or or a blackberry ad saying that saket just bought a blackberry or something like that in that case it is okay but they have to define the categories of advertisements where user photos can be used it cannot be you a blanket fact, policy what you just said uh, saket just bought a blackberry that is exactly what facebook beacons were doing i mean and huh. there has been a controversy over that as well and people using services on websites uh, who will then notify facebook okay that this person purchased this book on amazon uh, which gets them sales they have burned their hands with privacy issues they, they have had their fair share of problems i would say but they have done some good things as well i mean they allowed the users to craft their uh, terms of service i mean this was after the facebook photos fiasco where they said that even if you deleted the, your photos from facebook facebook could still use them or you know in 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 for, for in some cases let's now move on to the another another announcement that happened an important announcement from microsoft everyone was sort of looking forward to this so on july 13th at one of their functions for their alliance partners the worldwide uh, partner conference yeah exactly at the partner conference they announced uh, microsoft office 2010 is going to be on the web uh, yes indeed so this is a big announcement i mean the, the microsoft the upcoming release of microsoft office suite i mean this comes after office 2007 and uh, it has got many features in itself i mean it's got a much better ui uh, it allows for richer multimedia editing Right. Uh, there is support for uh, real time collaboration so i mean you can work on a word document on your machine and then uh, there can be some 15 other people who will actually be able to use it simultaneously yeah. so i mean there is a copy of the document which is resides on the cloud and then you use your word or excel as a client interface to make changes to those the documents and collaborate but but the more interesting feature of this is that alongside this they are also launching a free version of the office web application suite which means uh, uh, word excel powerpoint and one note which will be on the cloud and anybody with a windows live id similar to google docs and the google account will be able to use this service for free and obviously it will be uh, supported by advertising but microsoft will also let companies have who have bought volume licenses install this particular software on their servers and let them use it for free and they will also be having a saas model for the office 2010 for smaller yep. companies so don't confuse this with microsoft live office workspaces Oh. that is apparently closing down oh is that is there, so they are yeah. they are going to shut that down because in i i remember that that service you could not create a document create or save a document is that right yeah yeah you could only edit and comment on others documents etc which had had it had a very limited functionality so that apparently is going to be phased out and this is going to take its place with this don't you feel microsoft is getting into the google doc space etc so you know with with the last week's announcement about chrome os both are sort of going in each other's territory so very interesting 
Microsoft has been inching towards cloud comp- computing since quite a while. I mean, they announced uh, Azure, which is like their cloud-based operating system, essentially a set of service which allows you to uh, host big cloud-based applications. Yeah. So I'm sure they're basing this, this on that framework. And I mean, in a sense, they needed to because Google has been encroaching on the space. Yeah. So uh, Google Docs, uh, for example, they went out of beta last week, and now they're heavily gunning for the enterprise. And before that, they announced support for syncing with Microsoft Outlook. It uh-huh. pre- pretty much means that uh, you, uh, instead of Exchange, you can use Google Docs as your uh, email infra- infrastructure. So that, and again, this week, they're announcing syncing support for Lotus Notes. So Google is indicating that they would very clearly want to get into this enterprise market. And this is something, a move which is needed from Microsoft. Yeah, exactly. And and uh, as you said, before they, before they, you know, could enter the enterprise market, uh, they, they sort of thought that it will be a good idea if they take it out of the beta stage. But beta stage in the in the software development life cycle has been grossly misinterpreted by Google, and they have kept their applications in the beta stage for the longest time ever. You know, you know what Google says. Google says that they have they have set a higher bar for beta stage. We have yeah. focused, and this is a quote directly from them saying that we f- we have focused our efforts on reaching our high bars of taking a product out of beta. And all the applications in App Suites have now met that mark. But just a couple of months back, all these applications had a downtime, had severe downtime. Yeah, Google Apps, I mean, has has had outages, and I'm sure cloud computing and all is a. You can't say it's a fad. I mean, it's definitely something which is staring at us in the face and which is going to happen. But I mean, outages are going to be something which uh, these companies will have to uh, deal with. I mean, coming back to Microsoft Office, what I find exciting about Office on the web, particularly, is that you know Google Doc. Uh, tends to mangle your documents. So it's like you make a Word doc or docx and then upload it to Google Docs and then you edit it online and all your formatting is totally screwed up. I mean, given that... Yeah, yeah, that happens. So given that Microsoft is uh, hosting its own office suite, I mean, they are saying that they will pay a lot of attention to document fidelity, which means that uh, a document edited on the web uh, can be easily downloaded on the machine and can be, you can continue editing on your desktop without actually losing any styling or formatting. And uh, and it it will be as pretty as a document which you make uh, uh, in Word on your computer. There are these uh, interesting things happening all over the place. And... Meanwhile, going moving to the next story, Pirate Bay, who was bought over by the global gaming factory a couple of weeks back, has finally come out with the business model that they are going to use, the revenue model that they are going to use. And they have put out a subscription model, but they are saying that if you allow them to use your computer resources, you will get discounts. I've been reading Chris Anderson's book called Free, and that talks about how free is actually now the most preferred price for things online. So uh, even though this is quite encouraging that Pirate Bay is moving towards legal options and, uh, you know, uh, becoming a subscription service, I mean, if you look at uh, what happened with Napster, uh, Pirate Bay, I mean, despite uh, this interesting feature where you can use bandwidth as currency, uh, it is still going to be a shell of itself. I mean, if you look at uh, the old Napster, it had millions of users, and the the new Napster does not. So I'm sure this is going to be a much smaller, well-managed site with a private track and frankly, I don't quite know about the model. Do you, you want to explain more about that? Yeah, I think, see, what is going to happen basically is the users will are going to have to pay to use the website and they are going to come out with subscription fees. The exact number is not out. But what it says that if users actually contribute in some way to running of the site, 
then they could be in line for some discounts. So, so, so basically, if, if you offer some of your disk base to Pirate Bay, then you will be getting a few discounts. You will get credits, which in a way, you could start earning money out of providing these services to Pirate Bay. It, earn money from piracy, that's kind of great. And the, the, the whole thing that confusing, confuses me in this is that are they going to be sharing these revenues with the, the music companies, the movie labels? Is the user paying to get seats? Think of it as uh, iTunes with the burden of hosting resting on the user. So, I mean, uh, in case of iTunes, you have uh, music in the cloud and then you download it and listen to it on your computer. In this case, you will be doing the same thing, but imagine being able to upload back uh, songs which you download on iTunes to others and thereby saving some bandwidth for Apple. So, uh, yeah, but, but, in, in, in the, but you're still doing something illegal. Unless the money is being sent back to Raya or MPA, which are these... You yeah, know, I'm sure they have, uh, they're getting into deals with all these uh, music manufacturers, so that money is going to be routed to them. There is going to be a hefty royalty. I'm sure they'll work out some sort of a plan where uh, they'll pay a music label based on the volume of download which happened. I'm sure there are different revenue models which would exist here. Global Gaming Factory has done is that they've gone ahead and recruited Wayne Rosso, who used to be the CEO of Grokster. If you, re, if you recall, it used to be a P2P website, uh, which is now defunct. So he's going to come in and help them out with uh, this particular model that they are going to put out. Uh, another interesting thing from the revenue perspective is that uh, all the revenue may not just come from the users or, you know, just the cost of uh, uh, hosting the files. Uh, uh, they'll also cut deals with uh, ISPs. And you, uh, last time when we spoke about Pirate Bay, Pirate Bay, we talked about their new tracker technology which yeah. uh, optimizes data sharing. So they might cut deals with ISPs saying that, hey, uh, there are people on your network using BitTorrent, so it's costing you a lot of bandwidth. So we will optimize that in such a way that if, if there are users in the same city, uh, it people in the same city or living close to each other will get some preference based on IP. So they will somehow save some bandwidth not only for, you know, the, the content serving companies, but also for the ISPs and maybe they'll get a cut out of there as well. Yeah, so basically minimizing the hops to get to uh, the content is, is yes. what we're talking about. Yeah, and it, yeah, but I don't know how, how I feel about that and whether companies will be actually open on uh, asking Pirate Bay the name itself is wrong, I think. In this case, if they have to deal with legitimate companies, they have to rebrand themselves. I think that that's that's something that they can handle. Uh, I think that is something which is slowly happen. Huh. But uh, I think the future for Pirate Bay is not going to be very. It's not going to be like a. They're not going to get a flying start or anything like that. It's uh, if they do it right, they might just grow slowly and maybe in a couple of years reach a level where um, they are selling a sizable volume of I mean of content or selling or leasing whatever you call it. Yeah, let. But uh, moving on to the next story, Amazon remotely deleted George Orwell ebooks from people's Kindle. Uh, yeah, this is uh, uh, this is kind of ironic. I mean, the George Orwell's books, uh, 1984 in particular, it talks about how government used to obstruct information right. and uh, essentially behave in a big, big brotherly fashion. The animal so that farm. Is, like, that is what exactly Amazon has done. I mean, what they have done is, uh, there was this publisher called Mobile Reference who was selling an edition of Animal Farm as well as 1984 on the Kindle. So now these guys, uh, they decided to pull this off. I mean, it was later discovered that uh, they wanted to pull this off because they didn't have the proper rights for it. Uh -huh. But what happened is that there were hundreds of people who actually bought these books. And then in the middle of the night, uh, suddenly these books got deleted from their Kindles and they got a refund. And Amazon was able to do this because 
the kindle has an always on connection with amazon through through either 3g or gprs through a cellular data network basically all, all uh, amazon kindles come with a data card in it so, and that is how they were able to just go in and delete the files that amazon thought they uh, did not have the legal rights to sell and that's that you know that is what happened but it really it really begs a question uh, as to what is ownership now online ownership is very different from physical ownership it's like uh, uh, in a, in a physical scenario if you have a book nobody can take it it's i mean if you were try try to draw a physical parallel of the situation imagine you went to a big bookstore crossword for example and you bought a book and for some reason maybe those guys didn't have right to sell the book or whatever so crossword sells uh, sent somebody to your house to sneak in in the middle of the night <laughs> and steal the book back from you <laughs> that'll be awesome right suddenly in yeah. the middle of the night you see this guy taking going through your bookshelf <laughs> Yeah, he's taking the book and putting cash in the place. So, uh, <laughs> oh my God! So, for, for funny as it is, as it may seem, I mean, uh, physical content and virtual con- content are totally two different things. So that's why there are these people who say that piracy is not theft. I mean, those people who pirated your stuff may not have bought it in the first place. So this again is uh, like that itself. The, the the definition of ownership is changing when it comes to digital. uh products and that uh, change in 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 the consumer psychology has has yet to happen and hence you know all these questions ownership as you said ownership in physical goods is different and so we we also have to start thinking about it separately but you like amazon has not actually sold you these books just rented them to you for an indefinite period of time yes it's leased or rented to you until they they change their minds and uh, decide to pull the plug it is it is that way and at some level you have to you will have to come to terms with that well while we are talking about all uh, piracy and all those sort of things youtube which has also had its fair share of problems it has decided that it's going to kill ie6 support this is not something new i mean facebook has uh, been showing warnings to users of ie6 saying that the browser that they're using is too old and that uh, they should upgrade to ie7 or higher and recently there was dig which came out with an announcement that uh, they were considering dropping support to ie6 in the future because ie6 apparently took a lot of development time uh, to make the site compatible because it doesn't support many standards so yeah. to actually have a web page look the way it is meant to look in ie6 you have to spend some extra effort so i mean sites don't want that and that's why they want to drop support to ie6 I think this uh, the IE6 problem has happened because of uh, the failure of Vista as an operating very system much, very very much i mean if vista had been better people would have upgraded to vista and you wouldn't have this ie6 problem ie6 is a browser launched in 2001 yeah. crying out loud i mean this is a, like what an 8 year old product yeah i think two generations have gone by in between the you know the time since ie6 was launched for the developer community this is very important that you know big sites like youtube actually make a noise about this because uh, it has been curtailing us for so long i mean ie6 does not support css2 properly it does not support css2.1 uh, there is no support for png alpha transparency so you see those semi transparent images which are sometimes used in yeah. designs those cannot be used with ie6 uh, ie6 is very insecure as compared to other browsers yeah. and secondly ie6 chokes on javascript i mean if you try to use something like gmail or something which heavily uses ajax and javascript ie6 just dies see see all these things that you just mentioned saket i don't i don't know if it is right to blame ie6 for it or microsoft 
for it because all these things are are fairly recent developments aren't they, they these things have come up in the past three maximum four years well, i can remember css uh, we've been actively using css for development uh, since i guess 2003 yeah so it's still six years after that and uh, you might have said this in 2003 that okay um, you know it's just uh, these are new standards but this is 2009 and uh, i don't know it's eight years hence it's just that if vista had been a better product i mean this pro- this situation would not be there exactly. but now that the situation is there i mean there has to be some awareness about it that i mean this browser is definitely stifling innovation i mean it has to go <laughs> i can hear the pain i can hear the pain uh, so the way the way youtube is uh, doing it is by giving up options is serving options to users who are using ie6 to access their website they're, they you know in the screenshot you can see that users are prompted to either download ie8 or google chrome or or mozilla and it's great that they are offering users all the three options there no safari no safari <laughs> no safari apparently they 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 don't like to play well with them uh, or they they don't think highly about safari i don't know either one of those things so so let's see what happens and uh, in the meantime talking about fixing things apple has gone ahead and provided an update which uh, does not allow the palm pre to sync with itunes anymore yeah so apple has officially dropped support for the palm pre not that it was supporting it in the first place but you were able to use the palm pre and sync it to the itunes i mean you we actually talked about this on tech masala yep. that uh, there was uh, some sinister uh, paragraphs in apple's uh, pages saying that uh, devices masquerading as iphones or ipods will soon uh, not be able to access uh, apple services and this time around with itunes 8.2.1 uh, apple actually includes the, the words palm pre in the official statement saying that Uh, palm tree is trying to fake itself as an ipod and this is something which we don't like and therefore uh, we need to stop it so okay at least they're honest about it yeah and i think what is actually happening to be fair from apple point uh, apple's point of view is that they are getting support requests from people thinking that it is an itunes problem because these other products are mentioning itunes compatibility and when they pro- provide such updates or any such updates it might just lose compatibility with the product and then cust- the customer service guys at apple get all these phone calls given that palm has been using itunes support as one of the marketing uh, slogans i mean only be one of the factors that why you should buy a palm tree right. uh, that might have rubbed apple the wrong way yeah i think so but we also we also spoke about how apple also could gain technically people will start using itunes more hence are more likely to download songs from uh, itunes etc but Uh, yeah so they have finally decided to pull the plug on the pre support that palm was faking it as an ipod but let's see that there are other alternatives the other alternative is that uh, this bug has been fixed in 8.2.1 update if i'm not wrong users yeah. can always go back and use an older version of itunes if they want the 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 syncing to still happen what they can also do is there is this other application called missing sync which they could use it's a great application on the mac actually it, it syncs with blackberry meetings yeah exactly exactly so uh, you can still use that hope you still have hope uh, of using a palm pre with itunes so don't give up on it uh, i still haven't seen a palm pre in india and i'm looking forward let's see I've been going to the stores but uh, nothing they don't know when it's going to be in those were the topics saket that we had please go log on to www.theindicast.com for more episodes and for other podcasts as well 
and you can always add us up as friends on Twitter. I am twitter.com slash ac mahatre saket is twitter.com slash waltu.vultu.ro Yep, so that's about it from my side. Bye-bye. ಸೋಹೆ ಭುಜಾಚಾರ ಏಕದಂತ ಚಂದ್ರಮಾಲ ಲಾಟ ರಾಜೆ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮ ವಿಷ್ಣು ಮಹ